Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For great customer service and a free home survey, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go! Well, the SFA and the SPFL are hoping for some football fireworks over the weekend uh, but they don't want a repeat of what happened at Dens Park in the midweek because uh, we're of course heading towards two showpiece cup semi-finals the Viaplay Cup the League Cup as it was uh, formerly known it's uh, Rangers against Hearts Sunday it's Hibs against Aberdeen tomorrow playing for a place in the first cup final of the season first chance uh, to get your hands on silverware for those four Teams. We'll be talking about flares, pyrotechnics, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and there's been a statement just issued by the SPFL and the SFA. We're going to talk about that. We'll hear from uh, Philippe Clement, who has something to say about that uh, today as well. But we'll be talking in the main, of course, over the two hours about football, what happens on the pitch. And, and of course, those two big semi finals. Uh, we'll be hearing from Brendan Rogers, the Rangers manager, Philippe Clement, also the Celtic goalkeeper, uh, Joe Hart. In addition to Hibs and Aberdeen, Hearts and Rangers, uh, three league games going on at the weekend. Celtic, of course, uh, won't be competing uh, for the League Cup, but they will be looking to boost their advantage in the Premiership. They're in Dingwall to play Ross County, uh, who drew three games on the bounce on the road in a week, uh, culminating uh, in that uh, draw with Hibs at Easter Road in the midweek. Kilmarnock against Motherwell, who could use a win. They're slipping and sliding down the table. And then Sunday, Dundee against Livingston. So three Premiership games across the weekend to go with those two Cup semi-finals. It's Rob McLean and it's Peter Grant and it's Barry Ferguson in the studio for the Go Radio football show. Uh, Barry, what did you think? It was quite a spectacle at uh, Dens Park uh, the other night when the match eventually started. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what, what's your view on pyrotechnics at football matches? Look, from afar, it, it looked apart, Rob, but listen, it's, they're dangerous. Certainly in enclosed spaces, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, and the last thing you want to see is someone getting seriously hurt. Um, so... If you listen to the, the Rangers manager's interview after the game, I thought he was spot on. And hopefully now going forward, um, fans, not just Rangers fans, but fans that are going to be using pyrotechnics um, can do it in a safe area. And I'm talking about outside the stadium, certainly not inside the stadium. Well, that's what uh, you were talking about, what he said after the match. Here's what he said at his media conference going into the Cup semi-final at the weekend. Philippe Clement. Uh, no, I, I think I was clear in what I said after the game. OK, I will repeat it the last time then. No, I, I loved how we came in Dundee in the special circumstances. You come outside for the warm-up. You see a lot of Rangers supporters, uh, a lot of atmosphere, uh, songs, chants, uh, support for the team, it gives the team energy and the pyro thing we don't need. It's, uh, it doesn't give something extra. It's dangerous. So if they give all the other things, I will be a very satisfied manager. 
Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it, from the Rangers manager, Peter? Um, they don't add anything, he reckons, and they're dangerous. Well, that's the most important thing, Rob. Barry touched on it. I think the safety, all supporters, that's very important. And we've seen it many years. You see the Bradford disaster. People don't correlate these things. But you don't know how anything can spark now. Safety reasons as well, obviously, with the fire brigade. There could be fires elsewhere, but they're getting dragged to a, a stadium as they were the other evening there because of the alarms going off and whatever. And we don't realise the effect it has to the people outside the football ground as well as the people inside it. And I'm just all for safety. I'm not a safety officer in any shape or form. It looks fantastic. You know, I must admit, when I mm. seen the Rangers thing on it, it looked fantastic. But I think there's a time and a place for it. And I just genuinely feel, and in the stadiums, I don't think that's the place for it. Until we can find a safe way of doing it. Um, that statement is quite a brief one uh, from the SFA and the SPFL. Um, I say uh, a brief one uh, with some relief because sometimes <laughs> when they issue a statement it goes on and on forever uh, what they say the two bodies is that ahead of this weekend's Viaplay Cup semi-finals at Hamden Scottish FA Scottish F SF SPFL even uh, call on supporters to enjoy the showpiece occasions in a safe and responsible manner given the increased focus on the use of pyrotechnics we appeal to fans of all four participating clubs to enjoy the matchday experience at the National Stadium but to do so in a manner that doesn't endanger the safety of their fellow supporters or that has the potential to disrupt uh, the matches themselves of course there was that 18 minute delay at Dens the other night the use of pyrotechnics is illegal I think that's since June it's been a, a criminal offence uh, that message has been reiterated they say in the strongest possible terms by the police and football safety authorities and reinforced by the SPFL and Scottish FA during operational meetings with the participating clubs this week the safety security and enjoyment of tens of thousands of fans who will fill the national stadium this weekend is paramount and there will be a range a range of steps they say put in place to help identify anyone who transgresses including additional security measures and CCTV surveillance um, well I mean it, so it's been a criminal offence since the summer mm -hmm. but football seems reluctant to dish out any punishment so so and, until football actually does punish anyone for this it's going to continue isn't it well you read that statement out. Hopefully, the four sets of fans who are involved um, in the, the the semi-finals at the weekend take the advice, uh, Rob, because you want to come support your team. And Granty mentioned that safety is paramount. Your your own fans are in there, and even opposition fans. So I just hope that the the listen to the advice, and obviously that the police and the stewards um, are going to look out for them. Who brings pyrotechnics inside the stadium and they'll be dealt with so hopefully not just the, the semi-final games also there's league games as well so hopefully all yeah. sets of fans take heed of I know it's, it's interesting the statement refers to the two cup semi-finals yeah. but, but there are loads of other exactly, SPFL games as well exactly and, and listen it's not just what happened with the Rangers fans obviously other sets of fans have, have done it before and as I said it does it looks amazing but you've got to think of the health and safety of the people round about you you also have to think about, uh, when you issue a statement like that, you think about the mentality of some football fans. Loads of football fans will take that on board. Loads of them don't need to take it on board because they think what, what we've been talking about right at the top of the show. But there's others for whom a statement like that, Peter, will be a red rag to a bull. Yeah, of course. But listen, the biggest thing is the safety of everyone, not just yourself. You've always, like driving, isn't it? It's not worrying about how good you drive, it's about watching everybody else around about you, you're taking care, you've got to be alert at all times. And the last thing, you want to be going and watching a game of football without any fear, 
somebody, something going on fire or everybody rushing to go to a stadium, God forbid. You know, and that's the last thing anybody wants. We want all supporters to go. I see it at the lower levels as well. I go to a lot of games and watch a lot of games. It's all happening there as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this time of the year as, as well with the fireworks and everything like that. You know, I've got all these situations and you just want to just, in these confined spaces like that, it's quite incredible and so dangerous. And you've always got to look as if it's somebody's your family. We all talk about, we talk about the Celtic sports, we talk about the Celtic family. And all. Well, that's part of your family. You know, don't make it dangerous for them. You know, that's so important for all supporters. We want them to go enjoy singing their songs, making a spectacle in every other way. That's what you want to do. And long may that continue, but we can do without that if that's putting people in danger. And obviously, you're talking about the safety reasons that all the, the, the groups have got together and spoke about and said it's very, very dangerous. Well, we've got to take heed of that. And that's the most important thing for me. And Barry's right. For everybody turning up to a game, you want them all to be coming back. That's for sure. But does it not need action, Peter, before people stop doing stuff but what do you do again Rob I mean Scottish game what do we do start branding people for stadiums again you know we're getting at it now with the ticket no, can you not stop them getting in can you not stop well, I think pyrotechnics being taken well, into I think, games well I think that everybody there's listen you know yourself there's always a way people will get in Rob I've yeah. seen you can do as much security as you possibly can if people are desperate enough to get something in they will get it in one way or another they'll get it in um, I don't know how we can stop it as you said, the, the finance that comes in, some of the clubs can't afford all the security as you would probably need yep. to go search everyone, you know. Then you'd be saying to everybody, we need to turn up two hours before kickoff because we need to search you all individually, <laughs> you know, mm. all this sort of yeah. stuff. You're going down that route then and that's not going to happen. Impractical. It's becoming too, too expensive yeah. for the clubs to do it. And that's, I'm not talking about the Celtic, take Celtic Rangers out at this moment, I'm not talking about them. For everybody else, it becomes far too expensive, you know, as well. So it all becomes an expense, but the safety issue... We've got to listen to people understand it. I, I don't understand it. I, I can see it and it looks fantastic. As I said the other evening when you seen the Rangers thing, it looked brilliant. Mm -hmm. I used to watch like Serbia, all these countries like that. I used to watch under-12s games indoors and they all had this. And it looked unbelievable. You think, well, everybody was showing you and saying, look at this, this was an under-12 match and whatever. And it was incredible. But then you realise, oh, that's had to stop because of the safety reasons, because it was indoors, because it was whatever, and safety reasons. And we've got to remember that We've seen so many disasters, you know, and we don't want any more. And that's the last thing we wait till something happens. Yeah. So and everybody that's takes the biggest worry: someone getting seriously hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to see that, no. Robin. And that statement you've just read. Hopefully, the vast majority, uh, majority of fans are listening, and they come to their games, whether it's the semi-finals, whether it's the, the the Premiership games, Championship games, wherever. They just listen and come and support their team. Um, and don't bring any pyrotechnics that would be the easy option <laughs> yeah Absolutely. exactly any thoughts on that uh, share them with us 0808 17 17 700 Go Radio Football Show Barry Ferguson Peter Grant and Rob McLean in the studio let's talk about what's going to be happening on the pitch uh, this weekend Hibs against Aberdeen tomorrow Hearts against Rangers on Sunday we've heard him already talking about pyrotechnics but here he is uh, Philip Clement the Rangers manager uh, talking um, about the game and about, of course, Rangers' desire to get their hands on silverware. But uh, according to him, that can't take over everything else. It's just focusing on the game and not to think about silver work and how many games to get a trophy or whatever. It's focusing uh, for the players on the task they need to do in their position, what they need to do together with the ball and without the ball. And, and putting all our energy into that because football 
stays a game and that's a little bit different than other collective sports like basketball or volleyball or these sports when you're really dominant and a better team you have in the 90% chance to win in football it's not the case so we need to be focused on everything we need to do and to to force the result that's the way we need to do it is it difficult though, Barry, to shut out that pressure on Rangers to get silverware? There's no Celtic in the in the semi-finals. It's a big chance for Rangers to get their hands on a trophy. Yeah, it's a massive chance, and I think the manager knows that. Um, I don't think he's going to shy away from that. He knows how important, as you just said there, the holders are out. They get put out early doors, and I said as soon as Celtic get put out, Rangers, and I've not been disrespectful with other clubs that were involved. I do believe Rangers have to get their hands on that that trophy, but. Since he's come in, I've been very impressed with him, Rob. Just mm. simplifies everything, doesn't get much away. He understands the situation. And watching Rangers over the last four games is, I think every player knows their roles and responsibilities with and without the ball. And that's all you can do. They look better organised. There's more energy about them. I see more commitment, where I think that should be a given anyway. But since he's come in, he's, he's certainly made a, a difference. But it's still early stages. Um I don't think I'm not certainly getting carried away, and I'm sure the Rangers fans won't be, and I'm most certainly the, the new manager won't be. Is that the big danger for Rangers this weekend, Peter? That that they get too far ahead of themselves and and they they freeze up under pressure to to get that trophy. There's a massive pressure on them to win the competition. There is absolutely no getting away from that. It's Rangers Football Club. Out the teams that's left, Rangers are expected to win it, and if they doesn't win it, there'll be a massive pressure on again. You know, when are they going to win the next trophy? And there'll be a massive disappointment with everyone. I've been really impressed with him. Uh, as Barry says, about the way he spoke about everything. I thought he's handled the press exceptionally well. I think he's playing players in the right position now. He's playing centre forwards. That centre forward, he's not trying to get three of them in the one team. If it's only one that's getting in, it's one that's getting in and playing as a striker. And he's getting the benefits from that. But I, I think he's handled himself exceptionally well. But he will realise if he doesn't win a trophy, he doesn't win this trophy, there comes an extra pressure this building and try to look forward to the next competition because then if you get into the Scottish Cup as it comes at the turn of the year and you get knocked out of that wow the pressure just ramps up again and that's the way it is unfortunately with Celtic and Rangers you have to win the trophies and especially if the other one's not in the competition that's for sure and I said it before he came in that as soon as you come in there it's, people talk about it's not about winning trophies it's about preparing every other game and make sure you win them look after the Celtic uh, Rangers games will look after themselves but the fact that they're in this competition and Celtic's not in it, they have to win it. If not, then they'll see the pressure that comes on them and not winning trophies. And it also comes to the players, uh, play back to the players again, the ones that's been there for a long time. I was there six years not winning trophies. So I know the criticism and the pressure that comes with that, trying to get that and the relief that comes when you finally do something. Well, they've got a massive chance to do that now. But I think the pressure then ramps up if it doesn't happen. So I fancy them strongly to win the competition, I must admit. Um, but they, I believe they have to win it or he will see what it is like to manage Rangers under that pressure that's for sure There's a fair bit of pressure on Stephen Naismith a former Rangers player as well Barry isn't there because um, and, and it's getting to the final and keeping yourself in with a chance of winning a trophy can can tilt the balance in your favour can't it when you're being closely examined as Stephen Naismith is at the moment Yeah and that was a big win um, Wednesday night for him yep. um, scoring the last um, I think it was 11 minutes that they, they, they got the yep. goal I, I thought he had to get that three points because obviously certainly 
I know Hearts fans are very demanding and they've been asking questions. They've been on a tough run and he knows how important it is. Um, it was, sorry, to get the three points, but on Sunday, um, he'll need to come up with a plan because, like Grant just mentioned, I think Rangers will be too strong for them. They'll need to come up and try and frustrate. They've done that the, the previous week mm -hmm. at Ibrooks. Um, and I, I, I kept saying to people, if that was three or four weeks ago, Hearts would have come away with the three points there. But Rangers showed a different side. They kept going right to the very end. Um, they got a bit of luck with the penalty. It was a bad mistake for the for the Hearts player, Haran. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he was what he was doing, but I think Nasey knows he's under pressure to to get Hearts moving. Listen, they're in another semi final. The fans, the Hearts fans, will go there expecting to get to the final, but I can't see it happening. Do you think the pressure came for that with the way things started at the start of the season mm -hmm. with the man at the dual manager role? I don't think that I just was, didn't understand yeah, that. I didn't understand didn't that. It didn't help, No, did it? that's what I think. I didn't help Stephen for sure because we all knew he was a manager you know, in some way. But the club didn't know it and they didn't make it as clear like that. And I think there's been a pressure there. It became laughable, really. You know, mm. and I, I found, I found it's, you end up feeling sorry. And you don't, Stephen, don't want anybody to feel sorry for him, but you did. Because mm. the two of them were standing doing an interview. You go into other clubs, it was a manager was speaking. You would go to Hearts and it was the two of them speaking. And it just put a pressure you didn't need when you're trying to cut your teeth as a manager of Hearts as a massive football The reason why he never got announced was because of Europe. Yeah. He hadn't, he hadn't, but you think he's not got his pro licence yeah. yet so yeah. to manage in Europe you have to have yeah. the pro licence but, but then I'm thinking surely there was smoke and mirrors yeah. wasn't there? And I, just thought I, the I watched an interview I watched an interview I think it was uh, the Orium Hearts Training Centre and, and both of them were talking and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm not understanding it and if I'm a player if I'm a Hearts player there's one guy that Obviously, you, you listen to your coaches, there's no doubt, but it's the manager who you really listen to. Mm. And I, I'm sure that was a a strange time for the, the Hearts players. But now he's been announced, he, he's come under a fair bit of pressure, but he, he knows he needs to get results because Hearts are expected to finish yeah. in third place. Yeah. They are expected to finish in third place. And I think Nasey knows that. And that, that was a massive three points from because if they drop two points there on Wednesday night, I could imagine what Tynecastle would have been like after the, the whistle had went. Do you not think Hearts were um, insulting the intelligence of their supporters when they were when they were trying to create that 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 situation? Yeah. Everyone knew what was going on, but they didn't communicate. <laughs> but it. that's what I'm saying, Robin. Yeah. That put an extra pressure you didn't need because yeah. everybody was laughing about it. You know, because you'd everybody everybody supporters or even us ourselves were saying, "Well, what manager are we speaking to?" You know, making a joke of it, and it was unfair. I felt I felt you know because I would never I was trying to put myself in that position, thinking, "No." Stephen's going to be the manager of the league side. You know, when we get into Europe, it's going to be different. It's going to be Frankie because he, he's not got the licence. Nobody can do anything about that. Remember, Gareth Southgate managed England with no pro licence. Mm -hmm. And people tend to forget that. So there's obviously a way around about it because that's a European competition. So the way they handled it and the way they done interviews and all that was really poor. And I just thought it put an unnecessary pressure on. He should have come out right away. I'm the manager. I pick the team. I do this, I do that. And then everybody's clear then you're taking the full responsibility because he's an unbelievable professional. Barry knows, but I don't know, Barry, you played with Stephen. Yeah, you know? played but He's an unbelievable professional. I was worked with him in Scotland a couple yeah. of times and he was an unbelievable professional. So I know the demands will be put on his players and his training ground deal. Everything will be perfect in that respect. So he needed that help and I don't think the club helped him at that particular time. Yeah. And trying to win that back, you know, is difficult, especially if you're not winning games. You know what I mean? And you've got to try and be third. 
There's no doubt Hearts have got to try and be third with Aberdeen and Hibs. That's what they have got to try and mm. be. There is absolutely no getting away from that. And that's probably why they made the change with Robbie. Because everybody would say Robbie got promoted, done very well with him. All of a sudden he finds himself out of work. So there's one place they're looking for. It's third place. But to do that, Stephen needed help at that particular time. I just thought it was an unnecessary evil yeah, at that, that particular did, time. One thing I will say about Nays, you obviously known him and, and playing with him. Um, real strong character. Yeah. And obviously he's under a bit of pressure. He won't crumble mm. under the pressure. He do can you, handle it, Nays. Do you think he's on a knife edge as I manager? I do, because there's an expectation at, at yeah. Hearts. Yeah. Um, listen, their, their budget, I would imagine, is probably the third highest. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be between them and Aberdeen, but I would probably say Hearts... Yeah. is the, the third highest wage budget, budget and I think Nasey knows that he's under a bit of pressure but knowing him I think he's the type of character that could handle it mm. and also the fact you've got to remember Hibs sacked her manager and you don't realise how much effect that has on you because you're thinking well he wasn't getting results and he done this and that's mm -hmm. what everybody does yeah. well he gets sacked after losing three games why have you still got a manager in place and he lost X, Y and Z and yeah. that's the way they do it it's because of the city obviously and that's what everybody everybody says they don't look across the city of course they do yeah. you know there's absolutely no doubt that. and the fact that that manager lost his job Lee Johnson yeah. you know that is the thing that has put that extra pressure on Stephen as well because that's all supporters talk about oh well he lost his job and he never done this and he's third in the league and we're supposed to be third in the league and that becomes the challenge because mm. let's be perfectly honest with you that's what these teams are challenging for it's third place it's not second no. or first it's definitely third and, it's just, no and, and it feels as if the, the, it just, the pressure just shifts from one game to another and as you say mm. Barry that goal the other night 11 minutes yeah. from time against Livingston if that doesn't go in if that finishes nil-nil um, I think again Stephen Naismith has got the, the light shining in his eyes again yep 100% I thought that myself and obviously I seen it come up 79 minutes it was a, obviously a vital goal for them because they had, in my opinion, they had to get the, the, the three points um, against Livingston, who suffered a, a sore defeat at, at the weekend. And you fully expect Hearts to win. And you look at Hearts' squad. I mean, there's good players there. Mm -hmm. there. There is really good players there. So I think they should be further up the league. I think Nasey knows that. And some of the players, listen, it, it falls on the manager. I totally get that. But I think some of the players need to take a wee bit of responsibility as well. But he's had injuries, Rob. Mm -hmm. as well his injuries to massive players for yeah. Craig you Gordon know. Craig Halkett boy, boy Beningame's just come back Boyce is a Boyce. massive player yeah. I just think I mean, him and Shanklin the the you're, you're talking about him and Shanklin together there's no many better parents no. you know yeah. he's a difference for them absolutely uh, you know yeah. having them fit you know and he went a few right few games without scoring obviously but the likes of him and Boyce together playing against any defence you'd expect him to cause them a problem you know, so having these guys fit as well, but people don't understand that when you're losing games, they don't give you that. They just want you to win. They, they they want their team to win, and that, that's well, we understand that, and that's why you've got to try and get through the periods with winning, even though you know there's people injured or are not played particularly well. That's when you start saying, "Well, let's win," as Barry says there against Livingston. Let's win it. It's a home game. Let's make sure we win. Yeah. Win, and then try and build up on that again. Now they've got Rangers, and if they go out against Rangers, depending how much it goes, it could be if it's three or four. You're hundred percent right. The torch comes back on again. Yeah. You know because how many times that has got to a semi final or a final and blew it. You know all these and it's not to do with Stephen because he wasn't the manager previous. No. But that's what comes back. The history comes back to haunt him 
because of it, you know what I mean? And that's that's the pressures of being a manager. Yeah, we're yeah. off and running on the Go Radio Football Show. Two high stakes semi-finals uh, coming up across the weekend. Hibs against Aberdeen and Hamden tomorrow, and back at the National Stadium on Sunday for Rangers against Hearts, playing for a place in the Via Play Cup final. Also, three Premiership games this weekend. Celtic are in Dingwall, and we'll hear from Brendan Rodgers next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! So it's a busy football weekend, not just uh, those League Cup uh, semi-finals, Hibs and Aberdeen tomorrow, Rangers Hearts on Sunday, but of course uh, three Premiership games as well. Sunday Sunday for Dundee and Livingston at Dens. I think that's a two o'clock kickoff. And uh, two top flight league games tomorrow. Kilmarnock against Motherwell at Rugby Park. And Ross County against Celtic in Dingwall. That is an early kickoff tomorrow for the Premiership leaders. And with Rangers, of course, involved in the Cup semi-finals, it's a chance for Celtic to improve their advantage. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has been talking about the game. He's been talking about utilising uh, that big squad. Is it a challenge? No, it's not been a challenge, only purely because the, the players understand the situation and, uh, and and the professionalism. It is. It's, it's really hard if you've got seven or eight players that aren't even involved in the, in the match day squad. That's something that you have to navigate your way through. And of course, when we get to January, uh, that'll, uh, that'll look different. But I have to say, the mentality of every single one of them, you know, and also for our coaches, you know, John Kennedy, who leads the, uh, the coaching, done a, does a brilliant job in terms of ensuring that what, what the players do on the pitch, they're very much together. Uh, there's no one left isolated, even though it's huge numbers. And um, yeah, the players, they, they deserve huge credit as well because they come in very professional to work and they know that it can change also very quickly in football that you may be outside of it, but then you get a chance. And when that chance comes, you, you have to be ready. It's a big part, Peter, isn't it, when you're managing a big team with a big squad is keeping everybody happy? It's massive, Rob, because people always say the first 11 always look after themselves. The hardest part in management is looking after the rest of them because you've got boys who want to chop your door while they're not playing. But the bottom line is, and I can, I can speak for myself here, I'm sure Barry will be the same, your professionalism's got to shine through. You've got to be in there doing all the work, doing everything that you possibly can. And if you're not getting in the team or in the squad, who are better than somebody phones up Brendan Rodgers? What about Rob McLean? Or oh, unbelievable professional, just not getting in because the boys in front of me, I think, are ahead of them. Because if they're not, they'll tell them the complete opposite and you'll be sitting there for a long time and nobody want you and there's nothing more frustrating. And then they start to annoy, and then you get put on your own, training at different times, all this sort of rubbish. And nobody wants that with any of their players. Nobody. So to try and, he's right there. At first 11, as I say, they look after themselves because they're as happy as Larry because they're playing. The rest of the boys are the ones you've got to manage and making sure that whatever they, they've got to work on, that you're working with them and giving them that because that's so, so important. And I felt Celtic substitutes the other evening there all come on and had an effect on the game. And that's when you've got to be ready. And I'm using the word substitutes there. I don't even like using that word because I think guys can come on in the first minute or the last minute and win you a game. You know, they're part of the team. You know, they're so, so important for the, the team. So they should be looking at it that way. And I was delighted for Oda the other night there because he's playing behind Kyogo. Yeah. Got, and you're playing with one striker. So his chances are limited. And it's the first time I think this season, I'm not 100% sure that I've seen Kyogo and O playing together. O played a little bit deeper uh, when he came on. And that, he got his goal from it. It was a fantastic all-round goal. 
but he was desperate and every game of Bertrand he's come on he's affected it he's wanted to score he's got in the box he's made it difficult for defenders so his attitude's been excellent and he must be shown that into the training ground that so Brendan's actually willing to put him on but he's right if the group's too big then it does become a problem you see the problems you get down in England with Chelsea and whatever mm. it's been horrendous they had 35 players or 38 players first team players as they would say starters you know they had 14 players training with another coach which is quite incredible you yeah. know so you don't want to get to that level because it's it, all of a sudden it does become difficult for the ones because they, they start to annoy the guys that's involved in the team because they're starting to give them their moans and groans and all of a sudden you get a wee bit depressed and then they're listening all the time and there's nothing you can do as a player or a teammate you're trying to keep them as positive as you possibly can but everybody wants to play so Brendan is saying if there's too many numbers there yes you have got to I, call I've it. never understood that being part of a squad guys that have not been playing that spit the dummy out my, my idea if I was left out I would want to go and catch the area of the manager absolutely when were you left out no I'm talking about <laughs> other players but, no but you would want to go and train even harder and catch not just the gaffer's eyes the, the coach's eyes mm. um, and yeah but it's, it's tough because Celtic have got a big squad if you look at the amount of players that are getting left out and I've not even been involved in the, the 18 and I've I've um, I've read that he's obviously looking to trim the squad because what you don't want is what Grant has just mentioned there you don't want 10 guys every single week left out because yeah. it does become difficult for them you've got to understand that but listen they're obviously doing a good job because that's up to the coaches to make sure that they're still obviously training hard and you've not heard any noises come out that yeah. MD's been obviously a bad egg inside the dressing room and obviously, um, when you're talking about players coming in from the outside, making an impression, there's no one better to pick out for Celtic at the moment than Liam Scales. Liam's a perfect example. On the outside, not even travelling with some of the squads. He then gets the chance to play, and because of that mentality and, and professional approach to his, his, his profession, he uh, he steps in and he's ready, and then he gains confidence, and, and now, has, like I said, he's, he's playing at a really high level. And of course, uh, Peter mentioned O coming on for the, the winner uh, against St Mirren. Celtic have been one down in that game um, in the midweek. Um, he is talking about the Korean international. Yeah, it just, it just depends. It, it's mostly how he plays 4-3-3. So, but there's lots of opportunities to play whether he plays as a single striker and, or whether he plays up there with someone. But what I do know is he's, he's a young guy, still only 22, who works very, very hard and been really impressed with that aspect of his game. You know, we I spoke to him the other week with the translator and just making sure he's getting the messages because it's not easy. You know, you, you you come in from the other side of the world, totally different culture and different way. But he's really adapted really well, and and there's a lot of his game I like, and I know that he can only improve. So uh, he came on the other night, in in the period he was on, was very effective for us and scored a fantastic goal. So. Uh, so hopefully he can continue to do that, whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench. Interesting to see, Peter, that the, the former Celtic striker, Georges Yakimakis, uh, now with Atlanta United, has been named MLS Newcomer of the Year uh, ahead of uh, Lionel Messi, among others, who's at Inter-Miami, of course. Um, it's And it underlines, uh, does it underline for you what, what Celtic have lost? Because he, you know, he was never going to depose Kyogo but he was a hell of a good alternative, wasn't he? And he had a great strike rate. And I guess the Celtic fans compare O and anyone else who comes in with what he was doing. 
Well, I think anybody who's listening to this programme would know that me and Barry are big supporters of Jack Amakis. We loved him, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt that we thought he was very effectual, very difficult to play, a real competitor who wanted to score goals. And I was disappointed when he went. And obviously, he was one of these boys that wasn't willing to sit about because Ange got rid of him very quickly. But to bring someone like Owen, you know, because that's the sort of type they probably didn't have round about the football club. So... To lose Jack, I'm delighted he's done so well because I thought he'd done ever so well for Celtic. Um, yeah. As I said, Barry used to say, drive him over to Ibrox if he was going anywhere else mm. at that particular time because we all know that we wouldn't like to play against him. And I'm not surprised he's been to America and scored goals. You know, I'm not surprised one bit um, because he had that wee bit of devilment about him who wanted to score goals, knock uh, defenders about, get in the areas that's going to hurt to score a goal. And I'm chuffed for him. You know, but as you say, you move on, and probably that's what Ange done. Thought, well, he's not going to sit here being a number two sitting behind Kyogo. So I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that's going to sit in the background without moaning or becoming a wee bit irritated. So we need to get rid of him, and I think that's why Celtic get rid of him as quickly. I'm not knowing if that's true, but I think that's probably why, because I would have done that if I was a manager. If I thought, oh, I'm leaving him out of the team, he's not so good behind the scenes because of it or whatever, mm. I need to get rid of him because his frustrations is boiling over a little bit need to get him out of the club but to do that Ange obviously looked at it and brought O in and I think O could become a very very good player for Celtic given time Do you? Do you Barry? Do you think O is the answer for Celtic as a backup central striker to Kyogo? Well he's got a tough um, space to fill in terms of going on about Yakimakis I really liked him he was a total different option from Kyogo mm -hmm. physical presence but he knew where the back of the goal was um, and when Obviously, I left Celtic. I was delighted they brought Owen. He's still young. You heard Brendan Rodgers say that he's only 22. Yep. He's came from the other side of the world. It's a total different culture. It's tough for these guys to um, to settle in. But that's good man management. He said a chat with him. He's interpreter. He sat down with him. And I tell you that, that's gave O a boost. There's no doubt about it. And he's come on the other night. And to be fair, when I was watching the highlights, it was some finish. Yeah, terrific. It was a, a right penalty box finish. Um, so... I'm sure now he'll hopefully gain confidence and he'll try and challenge Kyogo because let's be honest, he's a number one striker. Mm. He's been phenomenal since he's came to Celtic, but he's only 22 and I still think there's uh, I think there's a player there. So on, no that, Rob, on that, Barry, you know yourself going to watch players when you're going to scout players. Strikers are slightly different. See if they don't get a shot at goal or don't put the ball in the net and he's coming on as a substitute. I've been watching his movement. I've been at most of the games. His movement's been terrific and he's found himself in space in the box and not received the ball. So for me, that's always good striker play. He's doing all the movements, he's getting in the right area. He's not had a hell of a lot of chances. You see him getting frustrated at the time when he's not picked out in a pass. But I'm looking and thinking, fantastic, son, because if you get the, 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 the service, you'll bury it. And that's exactly what happened the other evening there. He got the pass, his movement off the defender was terrific. And then he's ten, he's touching, bang, the ball's in the back of net. So strikers are slightly different. People judge them on their goals all the time, but you've got to look at the time he's on the pitch. What's his movement like? Because if you just looked at his goals, you just know you think, oh, his movement's no great. But it's not. I've been at the games as I and I've been very, very impressed with his all-round game. I was just about to say, you've got to cut him a bit of slack because he doesn't get much time to no. go and prove yeah. how good yeah. he is. He, mm -hmm. he gets maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes, and, and that's difficult for any player, whether it's a centre-forward, yeah. a midfielder, or a wide player. Yakimakis handled that, though, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did, to be fair to him, but he did start more games, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest, Rob. Yeah. But listen, there is signs that you can see the reason why Postacoglu brought Bo to the, the, the club. Um, and as I said, he, he's, he's not played much, but that goal, I'm sure Brendan Rodgers is hopeful that that's going to give him that kick of confidence. 
David Turnbull has a chance now, doesn't he, to have a run of games, Peter, with Hatate injured. Um, and that will be really important to him, I would imagine, uh, apart from anything else, to, to get back in the Scotland squad. David's got the qualities, there's absolutely no doubt of that. You know, sometimes I thought he started the season well and then all of a sudden you have the wee dip and then he seems to stay out the team then for a little bit. You know, as I've said before, I wish he would smile a little bit more because the goal he scored the other evening there, I'm saying prior to it, I'm glad that David Turnbull's playing because you're playing against the defence. David's got a fantastic strike on him, can shoot from distance and sometimes when you're playing against a team that plays deep, you've got to make sure you hit the target. The first one he, hit, he hits over the bar mm. by a hell of a distance but the next one he hit was fantastic and it showed me he's got that wee bit of belief in himself, which is always so, so important, especially when you're dipping in and out. And it's a very difficult midfield player, uh, midfield to get into. I'm looking at Thiago home the other night there when he came on. I've been always impressed with him every time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's got fantastic feet and he's made a fantastic pass to O for the goal. And there's always a challenge in there. And it's probably the most difficult part of Celtic's team to get into. So all David, Thiago home, you name them, all they can do is when they get an opportunity, they've got to make sure that they take it. And they can take a leaf out of Matt O'Reilly's book because everybody's criticising Matt and saying he wasn't playing as well as the previous and whatever. He's been outstanding this season. And you've just got to continue and keep going, keep progressing. And I think David's got to do that. But it'll come to a decision that he's got to make because he, if he wants, as you talk about Scotland or that, mm-hmm. he's got to make a start. Where am I going to start? Because he had injury problems. And you get to a stage at a certain age You've got to think, am I willing to be this for the rest of my career or am I going to be want to go somewhere that I've got right, to be a starter? That's my thoughts on him. He's 24 now, David I, I always think of him, Barry, in, uh, in the same breath almost as, as your nephew, Lewis, yep. um, because they were kind of coming through mm. getting into the Scotland Under 21s at the same sort of time. I think he's got a decision to make come January mm. or even next summer, David Turnbull. I, I think he's got a I think he's got real quality, there's no doubt. But he's and got to play regularly, he has, hasn't he? And if, he want, if he's got ambitions to break back into that Scotland squad, he needs to be playing week in, week out. And I just believe if everybody's fit in the Celtic midfield area, the strongest three is obviously Callum McGregor, O'Reilly and Hitati. And I just think he'll, he'll be coming off the bench more than he, he would be starting. So I think it's um, there's going to be a big decision that David's going to be having to make. And whether that's going down to England or going, I don't know, abroad maybe, mm-hmm. if he's got any ambitions to get back into that Scotland squad, he needs to play on a regular basis. He scored the equaliser the other night against St Mirren. Celtic went on to win, and it means that if Celtic can win again in Dingwall tomorrow, they will go eight points ahead at the top of the Premiership with Rangers, of course, involved in the League Cup semi-finals. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! We're looking ahead to the weekend and uh, plenty of big matches to be looking forward to. Spoken already um, about Rangers against Hearts. Uh, we'll hear more from Philippe Clement. Also James Tavernier too, uh, talking about taking penalties, missing penalties, but he tends to score most of them, continues to be a massive player for Rangers. We'll hear from Joe Hart of Celtic as well. They're in Dingwall. Well, they're in Dingwall already for uh, tomorrow lunchtime's game against Ross County. More from uh, Brendan Rogers as well. We'll talk Hibs Aberdeen. That's the, the first of the League Cup semi-finals tomorrow. Uh, also, Kilmarnock Motherwell in the Premiership is tomorrow afternoon. And on Sunday, uh, Dundee against Livingston. In fact, talking of uh, James Tavernier, let's hear from him now, talking about that 5-0 win on Tayside. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it uh, disrupted our performance one bit. I know we obviously 
were late coming to the game, but we were still focused, um, even on both buses that we, we travelled on. And then getting into the dressing room, the, uh, the gaffer made it clear what he wanted. And and obviously, yeah, we, we come back in, but we were still focused even when we went back out. And I thought it was a good way of performance. The Rangers uh, captain talking about that 45-minute delay due to traffic and getting started at Dent. And then, of course, there was the uh, best part of 20 minutes delay because of those uh, pyrotechnics. And then Rangers run riot. You know, we just got treated like it's um, every game that we prepare for. We prepare the best we, we can to go into this game. Um, and yeah, obviously coming off a good momentum, we just need to keep um, keep doing the right things and, um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get ourselves into a final. Yeah, there's always expectation. Um, we've got to treat the games game by game. Um, but obviously there's obviously a lot, always lots of uh, expectation. But yeah, we've prepared really well for this game and obviously coming off the back of some good results. So yeah, we're in a good place and we know it's going to be a tough test. Um, you know, they proved a, a test for us at Ibrox, um, but, you know, we overcame it and, you know, we we know our performances are only going to get better. How much does that game, Barry, link into this one, the the Rangers' recovery after the early Shanklin goal in the league game? Well, we've know the same. This is different. This is a semi-final, Rob. You need to make sure you get into that final on the 17th of December. Um, and it's, it's, it's a total different game. There's no doubt about it. I think Hearts will come and and have a different way of playing um, than they did certainly at Ibrox um, and I'm sure Rangers they know the scenario what needs to happen um, whether they play great I couldn't care less they need to just make sure once that 90 minutes that whistle goes 94, 95 minutes that they're um, in that final on the 17th of December that's the most important thing How much improved are Rangers? I wouldn't say there's in terms of the way how they're, they're playing and their setup. It's there's no much change. The biggest difference for me when I'm watching Rangers is there's more energy about them. There's more commitment from them. Um, like in terms of, I'll give you a, an example. If mm-hmm. somebody's driving forward and they, they misplace a pass, they're, they're getting back. They're, they're trying their best to get the, the ball back as quickly as possible. As before, they would kind of shrug their shoulders and feel sorry for themselves. But certainly that's something that the the managers drilled into them that they have to work hard um, every single second they're on that, that pitch and when you run out of fuel that's why you've got a strong bench at, at the side so the biggest difference uh, difference for me is the energy and the commitment from the, the players It was some result for Rangers when you think about all the disruptions the the delayed arrival then the pyrotechnics uh, but Rangers uh, winning comfortably uh, five goals to nil at Dundee was that perfection? But you have also opponents. It's not only ourselves. <laughs> so you need a, you you also have scenarios of a game. Now we had the game when we scored fast, so an opponent needs to come. They lose confidence, so it becomes easier. We had against Hearts the 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 goal against, and we were pushing, and we had chances, and they saved balls on the line. We miss a penalty, so it's a totally different scenario. And at the end, we, we took the victory because we, we didn't stop. We kept on repeating. We kept our confidence. We kept our belief. We kept our desire. So those are the things we, we need to bring every game. But it's not a guarantee that you win every game. I don't know one team in the world who won all the games of the season. It never happened, I think. Maybe something too interesting to, to, to look for if it ever happened. So... No, I'm, uh, I'm every day looking for perfection in everything. 
but I know also that uh, 100% perfection doesn't exist and it's a game of mistakes also football and important thing is then how to react like normally that's a fine now for my if the if the phone goes off so perfection never exists he speaks a lot of sense Peter doesn't he that's not going to catch on surely <laughs> no I think he speaks very well you know but Barry's talking about the energy of the team I think that comes from the fact that you're winning because I said prior to that I'd hate managers going in and talking about fitness I must admit if anybody going in I think it's very critical to the manager previous and I know how hard people work at their job I think when you're winning games you look a lot fitter you look a lot sharper the fact that he's playing players in the right position playing centre forwards through the middle not trying to make a front three centre forwards all these things make you feel better you're more confident in yourself you're getting the likes of Dessers and that who was looking as if he'd led boots on the respect to that was that he was looking he was so desperate to do well every chance it was coming you could just see he was tensing up all these things but when you start getting a couple of goals that starts to relax it makes you look as if you're working harder and Barry will tell you when we played Rob the one thing you were told you give the ball away closest guy won it back I think that's what Rangers are trying to do now instead as you say shrug their shoulders or looking around at someone which happens when you're not winning and not playing well because it's easy to take away responsibility but I think if you were getting in there the first thing you do is right let's make it so difficult for the opponent when we lose the ball we get it back as quickly as we can because then you look for then you get a wee bit of success from it then you get chances going and scoring five at Dens it's not an easy place to score that amount of goals and Tony's done very well with him but to go and score five that gives you confidence so you'll see the players coming out with that little bit more energy you know there is absolutely the fans are supporting them now instead of being negative that gives you energy all these things but you've got to continue that tomorrow uh, Sunday is a slightly different one for them because the pressure comes back on again because let's not be kidded they're expected to win the trophies we spoke about earlier mm-hmm. so let's see how they handle this type of pressure because the, the manager's done everything right since he's come in the door I think there's absolutely no doubt that the way he spoke the way he's answered the press simple things even there the phone going off and I'm making a joke about it that wasn't Rangers was it you know that wasn't happening and I think he's prepared for that and you can see in his mind that let's not be he's, he's a bit like Angie in the respect of that he's not just come out from under a rock. He's, the clubs have been at Bruges and Monaco and all that. He's played Champions League. He's had to mm-hmm. deal with the press. And I think he's doing that exceptionally well so far. But it's a different type of press tomorrow if he loses, sorry, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If he loses on Sunday or doesn't win the final, then it becomes a different type of press that you've got to battle through. And we know that. And that's manager being Celtic or Rangers. There's absolutely no doubt that that's what it takes. The, the tempo of their play is a bit quicker as well, Rob. They're taking two and three touches. Mm. His previous manager was four and five. It was more calm football, but he's high energy. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a slight difference that he's he's brought in. And as I say, when they, they lose the ball and they try and get the ball, for instance, at Dundee, they're hunting in packs. They're not doing it individually. And that's something that I thought before, if somebody lost the ball, it was somebody who was going away chasing herself now. They're hunting two and threes and, and that's what you need if you want to be successful. But listen, he, he certainly he certainly brought a difference but I think he understands as well. It's still, it's early doors and this is a different scenario what Granty says. Now, the pressure is ramped up a wee bit. You're going to the National Stadium where you're expected to turn hearts over and that's where you've got to produce the goods when the pressure's on. Here's James Tavernier talking about change of manager. Obviously, he's got his own ideas. Um, every manager has their own ideas and Gaffers came in and brought his own uh, stamp to the game, um, you know, and he's getting the best out of the players at the minute. So yeah, we've really we're really tuned in to what he wants, and and it's working really well so far. Um, just his ideas. Um, obviously, can't go into too much. Obviously, his tactical stuff, but um, yeah, he's just put his own imprint on it, and you know, he's raised the standards um, higher, the demand higher, 
And um, obviously, he wants the the team to be fitting, and you know we're training really hard. So yeah, he's he's put his own stamp, and we're all responding really well. How big is communication for a manager, Barry? When we hear him communicating so well and getting his message across, Philippe Clement, how? How does that transfer into the dressing room? Well, when I always watch the TV of a manager's doing the, the presser, sometimes some managers bore you, you, mm. you don't listen, but he's certainly one where I, I take notice and I, mm. I'm listening. I can imagine that's the way he's in, in the dressing room. He's very demanding. You heard Tavernier saying there. Um, Michael Bale was a good communicator as well, wasn't he? Uh, but far too much. Yeah. He gives very little away, which I like. He keeps everything in-house, which I think the way it should be. Um, and he doesn't, um, as I says go on and tell you what he's starting 11 is going to be in what way he's going to approach the game um, against Hearts at the weekend he keeps everything um, pretty tight which I like and it'll be interesting to see because this is the first game where he knows he's, he's going to be under pressure to make sure that they make a make a cup final because as I said Rob I think he knows that he needs to bring back that trophy and what a boost it will give him as well mm. not long in the door um, and this is what these players um need to start doing they need to start delivering trophies it's okay doing beating no disrespect beating your Dundees and beating your Hibs and your Hearts you've got to do it when it really matters and this is a, this is what this Rangers team need to start doing in the big moments producing the goods when you think of Michael Beale and what he did when he came in he embarked on that really impressive winning run Peter but he didn't beat Celtic in a meaningful match and he didn't land a trophy Yes, but I'd be disappointed if I was Michael as well listening to what James said there because he's talking about the fitness levels and all that because for me, my fitness was down to me how I trained and how I prepared. You don't uh, need to be led by the hand? No way, yeah. no way. Every training session was like a match for us. You know, you had to train exceptionally well because like, I'm telling you, I've seen teams getting picked on the training. You know, which players could have done well if uh, Frank McGarvey, God rest him, I think scored four at Dens the following week he was left out and Brian McClare came in and scored three. You know, yeah. and it wasn't the end Frank done. He couldn't have done anymore. You know, and they were just left out. And that was it. You have to respond to that. How do you respond to that? And for players to say to me that, well, they've got to get fitter and that, that's an indictment on them. And if I was Michael, I'd be like, well, hold on a minute. We worked exceptionally hard through the summer. You know, maybe training's sharper or whatever. Maybe the sort of things he does is slightly different. And Barry talked about maybe, I watched him against St Mirren after the, the one, I think, midweek, I think, the Rangers, and then they played St Mirren. But I thought they were very slow in the build-up. And when you're playing with Celtic and Rangers, you've got to make it so difficult for the opponents all the time, and that's what they expect. But that's why that demand comes in training every day. You have got to do everything at your maximum every single day. So for me, if I was Michael Beale, I'd be disappointed listening to that because maybe the tactics were slightly different as we talked about, but fitness... I don't like that getting used yeah. at any time. I think that's really, really poor when managers do that because these guys work their socks off. I'm no doubt the coaches worked their socks off prior. It just didn't work because is it uh, the one criticism I had of Gio and Michael Beale with Morelos was how unfit he looked. Yeah, you know, and that was down to him and how we get away with it. So was that the board telling them he has to play because we need to try and sell him or whatever? So that's unfair on the manager because his fitness levels were nowhere near where they should have been to lead Rangers as line and that's why it disappointed me things like that see so, in my opinion see if you want to play a high press and that's that's what he wants to do a high tempo you have got to train the way you want absolutely. to play and yeah. that means every training session I went into I treated it it was my last ever training session Yeah. and if I felt I never got enough I would go away to the side and I would do a, 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 bit, a bit extra 
And but, I think he's going on about the fitness. I think he's more about he's more concerned about the injuries, Rob. That the amount of muscle yeah. injuries that he's picking up are they strong enough or do they do enough gym sessions or whatever? But one thing for sure is that they're certainly shown a different side to them that I was worried as I go back to that Hearts game. Yeah. If that was three or four weeks previous, Hearts would have walked out of Ibrooks with A3 points. I'll tell you what, the tempo on the show has been good. We've rattled through the first hour. <laughs> 60 minutes on the way. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Switch to clean renewable energy and reduce your bills by up to 70%. Let's go! Yeah, another massive football weekend is up and coming for us. Um, the Go Radio Football Show looking towards uh, Hibs and Aberdeen tomorrow, Rangers and Hearts on Sunday, all four competing for a place in the Via Play Cup final. First chance of the season to get your hands on silverware. We've heard already from Philippe Clément talking about the, the pressure on Rangers to get that first trophy of the season, especially with Celtic not involved. Meanwhile, for Brendan Rodgers and company, the chance to go eight points clear at the top of the Premiership. They will if they win in Dingwall tomorrow lunchtime against Ross County. Kilmarnock play Motherwell. Kilmarnock looking to respond to that defeat in Perth uh, the other night. And Motherwell uh, just looking to rediscover what winning, to, what winning feels like because it's been a while for Stuart Kettlewell and his team. Lots of plaudits for them early in the season. Um, but they've uh, struggled of late to pick up points. Dundee against Livingston is the only Premiership game going ahead on Sunday. Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant, Rob McLean in the studio. Uh, Peter, what's your thinking uh, about that first semi-final? We haven't really touched on it yet. Hibs against Aberdeen. Uh, and it, and it's just, it's a chance, isn't it, for every team in the semi-finals. But let's talk about these two to change the complexion of the season. Uh, both are not where they want to be in, yep. in, in the league. Um, can they get to a cup final? I think... Both of them mirror each other, actually. You know, their performances and their results, really. You know, they have one great result, then they have a bad result, you know, and you, you see, where did that come from? If they have a great performance and then a really poor performance. And that's the way... Looking at tomorrow, we're talking about Barry off earlier and talking about could be high scoring, mm. you know, in any shape. I've seen him at the start of the season and I fancy them to come in about third. Aberdeen, I didn't know where Hibs were going to be since the change of manager. I've not seen enough of the next teams. They worked really, really hard against the ball with Celtic last week and nearly get the opportunity to win it with Boyle's opportunity. You know, so they stayed in the game. I think they'll have to put a, a defensive show on like that mm. because defensively, I don't think they've been that great. They've had a lot of changes in the back line. So that tells you the manager's not happy, whatever uh, manager it's been. And they're still relying on Hanlon and Stevenson Absolutely. to a large extent and, and as listen, well. They're fortunate enough, these two boys are unbelievable professionals, you know. They're, they're fantastic professionals and never let you down. But I think sometimes you're playing against pace nowadays, especially and wanting to come up and play high lines as Nick wants to do. That can give you a problem, especially if Alexei Duke that's playing, you know, Majovski I really like as well, a goal scorer. So it could be one of these games because both defences have not been great. You know, 
Roos has done well in goals for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a big performance. David's had a bit up and down. I think David, as Norwich manager, I think he's a wonderful goalkeeper. He was a bit up and down, and it was interesting. They left him out in midweek. I'm sure he left him out uh, in a change. Yep. So that's going to be interesting to see what his team lineup's going to be for it. But I've got a funny feeling. For me, Aberdeen are going to nick it. I, I think Aberdeen are going to nick it because I think they've just got that wee bit more up the top end of the field and probably a wee bit more physical at set plays and I think that's what it's going to come down to. Although Aberdeen, Barry, went from one level to another, didn't they? The rugby park, yeah. dreadful, 2-0 going on a few more to to a performance that was almost sublime in comparison to that one. Uh, they got 4-0 up before losing a couple of goals at Motherwell. Yeah, going on last weekend, I watched the game at, at rugby park and as you just mentioned there it could have been three or four and I don't think Aberdeen could have complained that I was so disappointed in them the, fr- um, the, the word that came to my mind watching that was lifeless yep they of- were fragile as well I mean so the, the second goal they gave away Watkins taking a mm. chance at the back just get it up the, up the pitch and then I go and I watch the highlights against Motherwell for partners a total different team so I'm sure Barry must be baffled by it but then they've got to take confidence for that and I look at this game and I just think goals Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think goals because both defences are, are suspect going forward both team, uh, teams have got players that can really hurt you they've got pace good ability there's goal scorers but I look at both teams and I just I think Aberdeen edge it I do they're, they're pretty similar in the way they play I just think Aberdeen have got that bit more quality in there and I think Aberdeen will, will edge it but I'm going to go a, a crazy high line score something like 3-2 or 4-2 Aberdeen I think what always helps, Peter, is if you can uncover a midfielder who can score goals uh, in addition to everything else. He did it a few years back at St Mirren and now he's starting to do it for Aberdeen, Jamie McGrath. Yeah, absolutely. Midfield goal scorers, worth their weight in gold. And that's why we spoke about Barry's nephew going mm. to Rangers because I felt he could have done that when he was at Aberdeen. I thought he'd done it fantastically well at Aberdeen. And that's I think it's so difficult now because especially with a lot of teams play by one striker, you see why Matt O'Reilly's been so successful this season with the amount of goals he scored for Celtic for the middle of the pitch. And because they need to become that second striker, they've got to be willing to run in the box. Not a lot of the kids are, they're, I play this area and I play that area. The days it was just the balance where he went, you sat. Barry was brilliant. He'd be that deeper midfielder and then all of a sudden he'd make the runs into the box. And it's very, very difficult because you as a midfielder against it, Ian Durant was the best I played against mm. uh, doing it. He was unbelievable time they run in the box. And no matter how much he watched, Frank Lampard's, as soon as you take the eye off the ball, they were away. And that could be the difference in these games. Who's going to want to do that, give that up? They've got Joe Newell, who's got all of the left foot at Hibs. You know, he can see things and see passes. They've got the pace of Boyle and Johan. Do they go with the other striker and Bente? You know, so you're saying that that side of the pitch, they seem okay, mm-hmm. but they keep changing the back line. Yeah. You know, Aberdeen will be a bit more solid at the back line. They've kept the same group of players. But, but, but they're still knitting yeah, them together, aren't they? Yeah, but Graham Shinney, I don't know why he was involved last week. And by the time I watched seen the game, I didn't know if he was involved. I know that's rugby it. park. Yes, yeah, he was. I, I didn't know if he'd went off, off in the game. He came off yeah. in the game, yeah. But I think he's a massive player for them. Mm. You know, he's a massive player for them. He gives them that balance to allow that pace. But also as an organizer, I think that's massive for them. And I think he, I think he could be the difference. And I don't mean on his ability or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. Just a a driving get, force yes you can get any like, occasion that he's already been involved in prior as well and I think he could be the camera influence but also the one that drives that team on you know and that's why I fancy Aberdeen as I say and as you say but a goal scoring midfielder worth a weight in goal in, term, in terms of McGrath when he was at St Man, I'm thinking to myself this, this boy can go on go up a level obviously get a move to Wigan 
never worked out to come up with Dun United and I'm looking and I'm thinking he lost his way a wee bit but yeah. this year I think he's found so you get that with players sometimes it takes him a while to find a home and I think he's found somewhere where they play to his strengths and also and maybe th- surrounded by better players yeah I mean that could be the case but I just think he's they play to his strengths they let him go and let him off the leash and get beyond Miofsky and, and Duke at times and, and I think that suits him where he doesn't want to go and link up he doesn't want to really get involved he just likes to make the late runs into the box and and as I said he's always been a player that I've liked I just thought he lost his way for that 12-18 month but he's found a, a home that suits him now I'm interested to get your thoughts as well before we move on beyond Hibs and Aberdeen but just one more thought on that game and um, he featured the other night he came back into the Hibs team the other night and he's had injuries so he hasn't really been able to settle at his new club he's another former uh, Dundee United player Dylan Levitt I mean he, he showed flashes Peter the other night of, of the of the player he can be if he gets back to to those sort of sort of levels he can be a big player for Hibs yeah last season I was really impressed when I seen him you know I, I thought every time I seen him it had an effect on the game and I think that's the big thing as a midfield player like him you have to affect him. So what does that mean? It means your interception. Maybe not by a tackler, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest. But then when he's on the ball, can he see the pass? Can he use it with the pace of the Dukes and all these guys, you know? And then you, sorry, then you look at uh, Boyles and Johans. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have midfield players that can pick these guys out making these runs, you know? So it's all right having all the movement as we spoke about before, but if you've not got a midfield playmaker who can look forward and make passes, it makes it very difficult for these quick lads to have an effect on the game if everybody keeps passing square but he's got a really talented boy and hopefully stays clear of his injury and if he stays clear of his injuries you're looking for another big performance because he's as a sort of arenas yes he's got to go and make sure that's when people talk up and say that kid can play and what I've seen him I've been really impressed with him so hopefully he's over his injuries now and goes on but it's a he's, big performance he's had a good grounding he came from Manchester yep. United yep. Um, so and he, he was there at a, a fair age in terms of what was he, 22, before he actually made that that move. Um, and he just needs to get back fit. Dun United, he did stand out for Dun United who struggled. He's only 22 now, Barry. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, so he's he got a chance. out and loan, what, 20 year, years yep. of age, and then yep. he left permanent at 21. Mm. Um, yep, he's definitely got the ability. Physically, that was only, when I watched him, would he suit the Scottish game? But listen, he's he made his football do the talk. He can handle the ball, both feet, Really good range of passing, can score a goal as well. And he and he doesn't play the safe pass. He wants mm. to go forward. No, and again, if he makes that that pass, that dangerous pass, and it gets caught, it doesn't affect him. He'll go and try it again, and that's what I like um, of him. But listen, he's certainly a player that Hibs will be desperate to get back fit. Well, you know, if you're a centre forward, Rob, that's where you're desperate for a player like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely no doubt of that. Yeah. If you've got a, a midfield player that's looking forward there, and you've got that pace, a boil in your hand. What you want to be doing is making sure you're making Aberdeen face their own goal, mm. making sure because they've got big centre backs. We're talking about set plays, but it maybe has quality opens the door and gets Johan and Boyle in that set away, and that gives you a massive problem. Barry's, you know? Barry's guaranteed goals, isn't he? So it's a stick on stick on nil nil, isn't it? Nil nil extra time then, any penalties? Okay, let's move to Sunday back to uh, Rangers against Hearts, which is also very intriguing. We've heard already from James Tavernier. Here's the captain again uh, talking about that quest for silverware. Well, I think you know it's the footballers they they come into football wanting to win things. It's you know you don't want to come into football and wanting to lose every game, and you know everybody wants to win in that dressing room. And yeah, I could obviously put my input in but 
I know everybody who's came here want to win silverware, so that's you know that's our main aim for for the season is try to get silverware. And yeah, the boys in the change room know know what to know what to do. How important is it, Barry, to shut out the noise outside? Because everyone is saying Rangers have got to win this trophy. It's impossible, Rob. Yeah. You can't shut the noise out. Even back in the day when social media wasn't big, you knew whether it was on the TV or whether it was in the newspapers. And the Rangers players know that there's expectations on them to go to Hamden on Sunday at three o'clock and make sure that they, they progress into the, the final. So there's there's no way of avoiding it, unfortunately. Would you embrace it? If you yeah, if you were playing for this current Rangers team, would you embrace all that pressure to win? the tr- uh, Not just not just this game, but the trophy? It's pointless being there, Rob. Yeah. You're, there to, you're at a club where it demands that you win trophies and there's not been enough trophies over the last number of years. Um, so now you, you've not got a better opportunity because the holders are out. You're playing, Aye, right, Barry, right. <laughs> You're playing a Hearts team who are, are not flying at this moment in time. And you look at, we just spoke about Hibs and Aberdeen. Going forward, pretty good. But obviously, ship goals. So what an opportunity Rangers have to make sure they get that trophy on the 17th of December. And listen, I don't care that the, the players will say in their press conferences or, or whatever. No, I don't listen to that. I'm telling you, when you're at lunch or breakfast, that's all you're speaking about. It's, it's, it's ironic, Rob. When you used to get this, the old Celtic Park, the first thing European Cup was facing you, the trophy room was there. You knew when you walked in, that's what you had to do was win trophies, nothing else. That's what you're playing for yeah. a Celtic or a Rangers for, is to win things. Not every second, because that counts as nothing. You know, that was the way it was. And if you don't sign for them, if you're not expecting to do that, yeah. because that's why you sign. Yeah. Because you want to be one of the ones. You want that. And you want that. You want that pressure. That's the pressure that goes with. It. It's a fantastic pressure. You know, it can weigh on your shoulders at times. But the, if you want to play at the big arenas and the big clubs, you have to be winning things. You have to go back and you're looking up and your man up piece. Probably nowadays you look up and you think, oh, I've done all right winning that. Oh, thank God. You know, because the pressure was there day in day out. But as I say, they be psychological thing when you opened the door and that was sitting facing you. No manager, no coach needed to tell you. You just knew the rules. You had to win. The fact Celtic aren't in the semis, um, you know, I think Barry's maybe mentioned it once or twice since the start of the show. <laughs> I mean, that's why it doesn't count anymore. That's why you said it doesn't count anymore. This is the most important trophy to win. Do you know that? <laughs> the next one. Um, it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on the one side, it gives you a much better chance, clearly, if Celtic are out of winning the trophy. But then the expectation is heaped on you. They're out. You must win. Well, I said that when Michael was in position. Never mind. Yeah. Before Philip Clement came in, you're looking at it and thinking, Michael's got to win the trophy now. As soon as Celtic disappear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Rangers are still in, <laughs> that's the way it is. If it's Celtic Rangers are still in it, you're saying it can be either or, that's the way it goes. And all of a sudden, even people would say, you'd never pick a winner in it if it's the two of them are in the final because you think, oh, performances go out the window, it's just about winning this particular 90 minutes or 120 minutes. That's the way it is. But as soon as one of them go out and the other one's still in, the expectation is you've got to go and win it. Nothing else. Nothing else. And it becomes massive now because Rangers have went so long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it, the biggest problem. It just mounts and mounts and mounts. And as I say, I was there for six years. I know what it was like. Every time you're into another cup or a semi-final or a final, the pressure it came. And that's why there was so much relief in 95. We won probably one of the poorest cup finals. But the fact that we won it again, it was just sheer relief. 
So, massive test for the Rangers players this mm-hmm. weekend, Barry. Can they handle it? Can they handle that expectation? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the game. I'm looking forward to it to see how they, they, they handle the, the pressure because there's an expectation, Rob. They, they, they know the scenario. There's no way of getting away for the fact that they need to make sure they get through that game. Um, and I believe uh, the short period of time the new manager is here, I believe what he says and how he goes about your business, I, I'm really enjoying it. I know it's early doors and as I said earlier on, I'm not getting carried away, but I think he's putting demands on the players that they've not had over a period of time. Yeah. And I'll take them a bit of time to get used to it, but hopefully they, they take heed of what he's, he's saying and they know how important it is to to make sure they get that first trophy in the bag. Because if you get that first trophy in the bag, I mean, I think he posted Coglu's first season. Mm. What a buzz it gave them. Yeah. The, the Celtic pff, raced on to, to win the, the, the Scottish Cup and the, the league title. And, and that's what Rangers have got to think of. You get that first trophy in the bag, the feeling they get up there and pick the trophy up and celebrating with your own fans and then going back to Ibrox and, and celebrating with the fans that are around about Ibrox and all your players and your family and all the staff, it gives you a major boost. No, well, no I liked about it, Rob. If you remember one of Michael's last games, was at Livingston the last round? Mm-hmm. He sent his assistant to do the press mm-hmm. after battering the team on the Saturday. I think they beat Mullerwell 1-0, if I'm correct. Or they beat Mullerwell and didn't have a good performance and he'd give the team a bit of stick. And he sent his assistant to do the press. And I thought, oh, you're the manager. There's there's times and places for your assistant to go up and do it. But when you've done something like that, you've got to go and take responsibility for it. And I think the managers just went, I'm at the front here, I'm going to lead this group now to try and make them progress. So everything he's done has been on the front foot. It's not been somebody else coming in and talking, well, maybe think this is what the manager's thinking. So a small detail like that mm-hmm. tells me I'm the one that's taking full responsibility here. And I understand that. And I think that was an interesting part that he's done in the press as well. And get, and get that feeling of winning a cup, how it feels. You want that feeling every single time. Mm, yeah. And that's the, the issue with this, the, the Rangers squad. They've not won enough. And then once you've got that, you want more. Once you've got that, you're desperate for yeah. more. Will you have the sharp cut suit on? Yep, um, I'll have the tin flute on. Yep, <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> and feeling excited yourself? About yeah, I, I'm it as looking well. forward to it because, as, as I said, this is the first pressurised game. Every game you play with Rangers or Celtic, you're always under pressure. But this is a pressurised game where they're expected. You're, at, you're in a semi final, you're at the National Stadium in front of, I don't know how many Rangers fans is there, 30, 35,000 Rangers fans because mm-hmm. Hearts didn't sell their, their, their whole allocation. Um, so, that's what you want to do. That's how you want to be or why you want to be a footballer. Mm-hmm. Get into the arenas like this and um, going and making sure you get into finals and then hopefully going and winning finals. That's what that's what football's all about. That's why you want to be a footballer. And the strange thing is, Celtic affect it tomorrow because Celtic go eight points clear mm-hmm. if they win the game. Yep. So, there's all this goes on in your head all the time. There's, there's no Barry will tell you. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the result. You kid on, you're not interested, but it goes eight points. Well, that's eight points now. We better, lo- we better win that. We better win this even, trophy. Uh, even though we've got a game in hand, yeah. all these things, mm-hmm. but not necessarily just for the, the players, for the supporters as well. Yeah. You know they're hoping Celtic get beat at half past twelve, and then they go and they're, they're galvanising Sunday. It brings a completely different atmosphere. All these things, but all these wee psychological things, because that's the difference. They've been up here with Celtic and Rangers. It's not like down south and people talk. I say Manchester United play under the pressure of 
these guys this is what Celtic Rangers are under the pressure and the microscope all the time but the players and the supporters were looking at that or they won again right that's 8 points now yeah. and it's all these wee psychological yeah, yeah. things you've got to deal with life in the Glasgow Absolutely. goldfish bowl it's <laughs> mad Celtic with a chance to go it's 8 mad, points clear it's a madhouse <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't change it Rob Absolutely. No. you wouldn't no. change it and I loved being under pressure I loved turning up at semi-finals or finals and you're looking out the, the bus and the fans are there and, and you think to yourself they're they're expecting you to, to win and mm -hmm. I used to say to the guys listen we need to go out there I don't care how you play I played in some finals where we were bang average but it was all about yeah we get through it and we won it win that's it big expectation for Rangers on Sunday against Hearts playing for a place in the League Cup final the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! So those two League Cup semi-finals. Uh, Hibs against Aberdeen tomorrow. Uh, that's 5.15 for some unknown reason. And it is Rangers against Hearts on Sunday. Those are the last four in the Via Play Cup. And of course, uh, three league games being played. Well, more than more than three leagues, league games, three premiership games uh, being played across the weekend. Dundee Livingston Dens is Sunday. Kilmarnock Motherwell tomorrow at Rugby Park. And of course, the first game of the premiership weekend is in Dingwall. It's Ross County. Uh, against Celtic uh, we so often hear uh, about it being a difficult place to go well it's not actually not that difficult you just get on the A9 and keep <laughs> keep driving basically and, and Brendan Rodgers seems to like it he's not having that one about difficult place to go never it's a beautiful trip I've got to say the journey up fantastic travelled up a few times unfortunately for us we don't get the chance to pop into the House of Brewer which is absolutely <laughs> amazing on the way up but uh, we'll have to go past that but yeah, it, it's, it's such a beautiful part of the world. And like you thankfully we got up in daylight. I've been up here in the evening, you know, some of the evenings before. But to travel up today, blue sky, it's just an amazing journey up. The views, everything. And then we get we get well looked after up there. And of course, like you say, the, the game is um, it's a tough game for us. Margie's done a brilliant job since he's he's been in there. But it's not a surprise to me. I know him well. I've worked closely with him. I know he's how hard he works I know um, that he gives absolutely everything into every job that he goes into and uh, yeah like we've seen in the first game of the season it was uh, even though we won the game uh, and played okay we, we had our challenges in the game so uh, so this will be exactly the same we we have to be ready well, I don't think he's going to have to pay again for his bowl of soup at House of Brewer uh, now that he's given them the best pl big plug there just as well because it tends to be about 15 quid for a bowl of soup at, at, uh, at House of Brewer. But, no chance uh, you're paying for that then, Rob. <laughs> but he loves that He loves that trip north and he, he's blown that one out of the water about it being a difficult place to go, isn't he? <laughs> oh, definitely. Listen, all football matches, unless you don't play well, you know, and work extremely hard, they all become difficult, Rob. You know what yeah. I mean? You have got to earn... And we used to say it, you go to earn the right and it could take you 80 minutes, it could take you 90 minutes and at 10 Celtic, what, 96 when Tony Rawlson scored yeah. or something like that, you know. Yeah. So, you know what these matches are like. Malky's team's found some goals, you know, and that's important. You know, so they've got a mixture up front. Uh, Simon Murray, I've always liked, I think he gives you a problem because he works along the line and gets in behind you at times. So you've got to be concentrated at all times. Jordan White gives you something different with the height and the, the, the that power. Was, that was some finish, wasn't it? Yeah. Easter Road. That, that's what I mean. So they've got that mixture. Obviously, they'd be like to concede a lot less goals, you know what I mean? But Brendan's team will be up there knowing they've got to work really hard and their talent, hopefully, will be, be enough to get them over the line. And 
as I say it'll be an interesting game mm. because you've had a tough game the other night there and Malky's not daft he'd been watching what Stevie Robinson St Mirren's done how they've organised and kept their shape really well got behind the ball and made it difficult to break it down and you've got to do that because you know that's the way it's going to be and knowing that you're dependent on as I say a little bit of magic or a set play mm-hmm. that's that's what you're hoping for And but that never changes when Celtic or Rangers no. go anywhere that's what you're up against all the time and you've just got to be able to deal with it the manager and that can prepare you're right going up there it's a beautiful part of the world so going anywhere yeah. you know you know what you're representing you know what you've got to do you've got to turn up win get the points down the road that's the rules much chance of an upset there Barry? No. Do you think? No. No chance. No, I, I think it'll be tough, but I think Celtic um, will have too much quality, Rob. Um, that's a first. Somebody enjoying getting up the, the main line. <laughs> no. the main line. <laughs> but like, as it, to be fair, when you go up to Ross County, it's a good surface. Nice wee stadium. You, mm-hmm. you, very nice people up there, but. But it can, it, be, it can be difficult, can't it? It's a tight little ground, and 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 Mulkey's, well, you know, he's got good bags of experience. Bit, it's always a good atmosphere. I, I enjoyed, yeah. enjoyed playing up. Up and ding well. I just didn't enjoy the journey up. No. I'm being honest with you. On, on Did you not bus. go on your helicopter? No, <laughs> I wish, I wish, but I, I just think Celtic will have too much. Um, Ross County will, will make a game, it there's no mm. doubt about it. Um, but I just think even missing Hitati, I don't know if Carter Vickers will be back. I'm assuming he will. I think he's just resting for that because the amount of games yep. he played in quick succession. But so, what, one thing I will on. say is Hitati's a massive, a huge miss for Celtic, yep. especially if just honestly, it was unbelievable uh, against Kelly mm. it was brilliant mm. with and without the ball it was brilliant and, and I must admit a couple of games prior to that I thought mm, something's not right at that stage. oh it was yeah. brilliant mm. uh, there was one thing summed up his performance against Kilmarnock it was the last minute of the game Sergio broke a 3v2 he's run from his own hot half and went round on an overlap and I had never seen him doing that he'd hardly mm. come out of jogging previous games and I thought against Atletico, Brendan wasn't happy with him, saying, well, you need to raise the performance here. I think it was Atletico, there was one of the performances he had, and you thought, ooh, he, Brendan could be just saying to him, you're stepping to the side because you're not producing what you're doing. And he's obviously the blood with him, told him, this is what you need to do if you're a top player. And that performance, he was brilliant. He scored mm-hmm. a wonder goal as well, but his all-round performance was magnificent. And it is a massive blow, because I just thought he was getting back to the form that we all knew. He had the contract situation was all sorted out. All these things... And he's a, as Barry says, a top, top midfield player, and he has a massive blow. Yeah, even though you've got quality in that area. He's got all the attributes. Do you think he needed games, maybe? Because he had, he did have little injury niggles, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. But he was right. You could see you're rusty when you miss a certain amount of games, Robin. You could just see he was getting up to the form that you expect to a Rio Hattati. Mm. Um But it must be a serious one. If you're out with a hamstring injury for yeah. over two months, yeah. that must be a. A, wor- a real worry for Celtic you, you heard um, Brendan Rodgers talk about it when they announced his, his injury that he's concerned the reason why he's getting so many injuries because the biggest thing that comes out of Celtic is certainly Japanese players are so so professional mm. I'm not saying Dana players aren't no. but they, Barry, they certainly pre, look after pre, themselves pre and post they're unbelievable mm-hmm. I've seen them in halls and that stretching unbelievable way before everybody else and then after the game, you see Hatati even running around with the bare feet, actually running mm-hmm. around the stadium. Mm-hmm. So their professionalism sank and to get that in three minutes and it looks so innocuous too. It just looks as if he'd raised his... And I think the player's actually kicked his heel and that's what's given him the overstretch, you know, sort of thing. So it is a massive blow because I say he's for him and they, that game prior was magnificent. He was outstanding, as I say, with him without the ball. So he is a massive blow because he is a talented boy. If you're playing against him, you're constantly looking over your shoulder, aren't you? Mm. Making those runs yeah, in the box. Yeah, but I think and... he's got a bit of everything, Rob. Yeah. Um, he doesn't mind mixing it up. He'll, he'll get in amongst it. He'll tackle. Um, he can handle the ball. Good range of passing. 
um, can certainly get about the pitch easily and can score goals. So as a midfielder, he's got everything in the in the locker. And as I said, I, I think he's going to be a huge miss. And well, it gives somebody else an opportunity, whether it's David Turnbull or um, another player to yep. come in to that area. But I, th- I think Celtic will miss him because if you look at Celtic and always look at the engine room, that's a that, that's a strong three: McGregor, yeah. O'Reilly, and and Hitati. Before the break, Peter was talking about the psychology of Celtic getting eight points ahead. I mean, you're convinced they're going to win that one tomorrow. Yep. So um, let's think about Celtic being eight points ahead by the time Rangers play Hearts in the semi-final. And okay, you're concentrating on the semi-final. No, you, you watch you, it. You have to, but but you're going to know that that, that that gap has grown to eight points. Does that play inside your head? No, at quarter past two or 20 past two when that game finishes up at Dingwell, the first thing I'll be doing is been looking on my phone <laughs> if I was a player or seeing uh, what the yeah, score was. Yeah. It, right, Celtic won. Do you know what? So be it, we need to win our, our game in hand. We've got a game to win tomorrow. That's the kind of attitude I, was, I would have. But I would always expect, and I, I've said that plenty of times, if Celtic were playing when we were playing or they were playing before us or after us, mm. I would always have it in my mind that Celtic would get to three points. We just need to worry about ourselves and nobody else. But it does pile up the pressure, doesn't it? You've already got the pressure mm-hmm. of of needing, feeling that you need to win that trophy. And then in the back of your mind, you've got Celtic moving even further clear at the top of the league. Catching them becomes even more difficult, Peter. Rob, I look at, uh, I spoke about the Mullerwell game and Celtic scored the winner late after Mullerwell got an equaliser. Rangers are then going on to play Aberdeen and go 1-0 down. The atmosphere when Celtic lost the equaliser, I'm sure inside Ibrox was bouncing the, the supporters going to the game I'm sure was rocking the buses all of a sudden Celtic get the, the winner that goes flat then they go into the, the stadium all of a sudden they go one down themselves don't tell me there was no effect on the supporters you know mm. there absolutely no doubt because we're all human beings and we all look at the others it was less when I played it used to be Rangers were 0-0 late on and then they won one nothing. I didn't even need to ask who scored. McCoy's won nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, and then, you know, you know. And as I say, that was a psychological thing yeah. in your head. You know, I mean, it was be mad things like that. And that's why I always thought when people are talking about the Champions League and the Europa League, and I'm saying Champions League allows you to play on a Saturday. That's the difference because when you've got the three points in the bag and you're the ones that's chasing you. I've got a game the next day, there's an extra pressure on when it's nil-nil with 10 minutes to go and you have no, you're trying to score, you start rushing it, you start being a wee bit more direct, all these things, you're giving the ball away, the crowd are getting a bit nervous because they're expecting you to get the three points and it does make a difference, there is absolutely no doubt it makes a difference because players are human beings, you know, and it's completely different when you're the one that's in front, it's mm. completely different, you've got the points in the bag and you've, you're sailing eight points clear, there is absolutely no, because you, you're better having the points in the bag as Barry will tell you there's absolutely no doubt of that yeah I would rather have the points in the bag but then you look at the, the game that you've got in hand it's a home game against St Johnson mm-hmm. so no, no being disrespectful yeah, to St yeah, Johnson yeah. I would fully expect Rangers to be getting the three points and then there's a different way it could happen at absolutely yeah. <laughs> you could look and think oh Celtic have dropped two points mm-hmm. but I think Celtic will be too strong for, for Ross County so we, you just need to wait and see what what happens but if I'm a player the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking for the result <laughs> I don't get that people say oh I'm no watcher I don't want to know I, I want to know everybody tells you anyway don't get away from it <laughs> Joe Hart's been up in front of the media today and uh, well it's not a bad idea is it to ask him about his contract but you might not get much back 
Uh, nothing that I'm aware of. Uh, I, I said it before. I'm, I'm staying out of that business. That's um, that's for the people above my head to talk about. I'm just so focused on uh, I'm trying to do my best for this team. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy every minute. Try and do my best to help as best I can. What do you think will pan out on that on that subject? Uh, I mean, Joe hasn't really told us much that we didn't know already. As far as he's concerned, it's all happening out with his earshot. I right would be, would, be, would be the response to that one. But do do Celtic want to want to keep him? Will he want to stay at Celtic? How do you see that? Celtic one? have got to be looking to replace him in the respect of that, whether that's this year, next year, two years' time. So they've got to be looking at that at this moment in time. There is absolutely no doubt of that. But he has been magnificent. Is he still good enough to yes. be Celtic number one? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt in my mind of that. There's games he's won four or five, he's gonna save it nil nil. There is that and I just think he's Presence round about the dress room. I'm not in the dress room, so I don't know. But I'd like to speak to the players and ask them and see what, what sort of effect does Joe have because there is no doubt in my mind he has a massive influence. I watched him in the game at Ibrox. I thought he was brilliant, not just for the things he'd done. His positional play, two young centre backs in front of him, playing probably first Celtic Rangers matches, and he was brilliant. His positional play, his saves he made. But I just thought he had a calmness about him, and I think that was so so important for these boys in that period in the game and I've seen him a few times obviously the games this season where he's, he's, he's really big saves but Celtic haven't wanted to win the game and everybody forgets about them and I think that's what a Celtic goalkeeper and a Rangers goalkeeper have always got to do people will forget that they've won 5-0 but there's no doubt I think Jack Butlin even had a couple of good saves the other night there even mm. though it was 5-0 2-0 uh, it was Luke McCown had a, a strike for I think 25 yards I think it was he saved it but it's, it's took a deflection and Zach Ruddens come in and he's made a double save at 2-0 mm -hmm. that made Rangers that's go what I'm on saying. And that's what the goalies do yeah. Andy Gorham yeah. in their time you know if Tommy said it Andy Gorham broke my heart he said that's what they'll put on my gravestone mm. you know that's what they've done yeah. that's what the big goalkeepers do and they don't have a lot to do but their concentration levels are massive but I think their leadership qualities especially when Callum over for Scott Brown is captain he's a, he's a new captain completely different type of leader and I'm sure he's lent on Joe for a few things during that period so more than just the goalkeeper I think he's been very very effectual I, for Celtic I, I said that I, I played with Joe at Birmingham yeah. for a full season uh -huh. and when obviously he was linked with coming and eventually he signed Postacoglu uh, Posta signed him mm -hmm. um, oh, I don't know if he's finished I tell you one th well a number of things about Joe massive character infectious around about the dressing room a leader he's not scared to voice his opinion and what, the big thing that I noticed when, when I played if he made a mistake which he has done this season with Celtic and even last season the season before when he's made a mistake it doesn't affect him No, a lot of people would crumble and it, it would affect him the, the rest of the game that's one thing when he makes a mistake you can see he's pretty calm about it he understands the situation and he gets on with it So if we assume Barry that Celtic would like to keep him do you think he would want to, to stay at Celtic? I mean he's obviously loved it but I just wonder if he's, yep, think, if he's, if he's thinking about a, maybe another chapter before he's yeah, finished I spoke to him when we played him when I was at Alloa mm -hmm. and he, he, he was loving it yep. he loved it he, obviously when you know what it's like when you go down to England they're, they're always asking about well, what's Celtic and Rangers games like what, what they like I'm like listen there's huge aye right aye good one this and that and until they actually come up, that's what Joe says, he couldn't believe the the size of Celtic. And I, I was with Jack Butlin last Tuesday, um, hadn't seen him, he was a young boy at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And they come in and he, he says the exact same thing. He's loved it, it's ten, nine, ten, nine, ten times as big as he thought it was. 
And uh, people don't understand when they're down, down in England until they actually come up mm. and they're in the environment and they're actually in the stadium. So do you think he stays longer, Joe Hart, in Glasgow? Yeah, because you've got to be careful. We, we, I, I think he's a top goal, uh, a top goalkeeper. I do. Absolutely. And how much is it going to cost Celtic to replace um, a goalkeeper like Joe Hart? And he still looks fit as a fiddle to me. Yeah. Yeah, he does, and he's still making big saves for Celtic, who kick off lunchtime tomorrow in Dingwall against Ross County. Chance to move eight points ahead. And then, of course, it's the two League Cup semi final. Sibs Aberdeen first, and then Rangers Hearts Sunday. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! And into the final helping of the Go Radio Football Show for a Friday, going into a really busy weekend of big games. Celtic and Dingwall tomorrow looking uh, to go eight points clear at the top of the Premiership if they can beat Ross County. Um, league games at Rugby Park tomorrow as well Kilmarnock and Motherwell and then at Dens on Sunday uh, Dundee against Livingston and of course uh, the two League Cup semi-finals Hibs and Aberdeen spoken about that one uh, tomorrow 5.15 at Hamden and Sunday for Rangers and Hearts uh, Philippe Clement has been talking today he's always good to listen to uh, and he's been talking about criticism of players, which has uh, been a pretty regular occurrence uh, this season, as uh, the team have struggled. They had, they had criticism, yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm not busy with noise. I'm busy with what I see in the trainings and uh, and in the games, and make my analysis together with my staff about that, because I was not uh, the biggest talent as a player I had also my criticism in my career and I know how things goes I had also players in the past that everybody said that uh, they were not good players or they could not do something I think a good example is Ali Samata in Genk when I came there everybody said that he could not score goals that he always missed chances if you think like that as a coach and you, you follow that, you have a problem. We just invested in him, we trained with him and we saw technical qualities that he could score goals. And we, we made a lot of trainings with him with extra exercises after the training and one year later he was top scorer and the second year he made a transfer to Premier League. It's about that, about seeing potential of players and then giving them the tools to, to develop themselves together with the staff, all together. And then it's about the players taking the, those chances. But I'm not busy with what other people think about my players. I, I will see what I see in the, in the, on the pitch. Peter Grant, I'm sure you never suffered any criticism as a player at all with Celtic. In the unlikely event you had done, <laughs> how would you have dealt with it? No, the difficulty was, Rob, but I came in for a lot of criticism. But the thing was, the manager always picked, whatever manager came in always picked me. And that was the only thing at the time. That was you all you needed. That, but, that, that, but at that time, you didn't think that way. You just wished you were getting praise like everybody else, you know, because you know you were doing well enough or you were doing your job well enough or your job in the team. And sometimes you, you were sacrificing for other things to happen. Yeah. There was many different things going on. And you have to, as long as come the Saturday and the manager picked you, that meant you'd trained well and played well enough to continue in the team. And I was fortunate enough with the managers I had. There wasn't many that didn't start me. And that's all you can go in the belief in. And the, the, the criticism you do here, 
You know, there is absolutely no doubt of that. And I had many a long night, let me tell you, when you went home at night, even if you played well and you still were getting heard a little bit of criticism, it wasn't nice, you didn't like it. And people forgot that at times. I'm just glad I'm not now that the boys now, they've got all this uh, internet and whatever, they can read it all. And no matter how much you tell these boys to stay off it, they all read it. Or their family will tell them, or their best pal will tell them. And I feel it, and you've got some guys that's right that have not even been at the game. You know, but yep. they're just jumping on the bandwagon with everybody else. And that's where I feel it disappointing. If you're at the game and you've got an opinion on a player, fine, absolutely. You're entitled to your opinion. But the only way I could get myself around it psychologically was the fact that the manager picked you. Whatever manager came in, picked me to play. And that was the most important thing for me because there was at times you deserved the criticism, there was other times you thought it was harsh. But that's the life of being a footballer, and especially if you play for a Celtic or Rangers. And I ended up playing over 500 games, so at the end of the day, I was more than delighted at that. But... As I say, the criticism is always the thing that's stuck in the back of your mind and not, not the praise. The, the praise comes and goes very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's the criticism that sort of just eats away at you. And no matter how much people tell you, listen, you're doing great, whatever, it still eats away at you because you think, I've got to play extra well to get a little bit of praise or whatever. And you have to deal with it in different ways. And there was no psychologist or anything like that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're on your own battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. were home, you'd be sitting in the house to all hours, not getting to sleep, twisting and turning. And you knew that. That was part of life. And thankfully now these guys, maybe in their own heads, can get a wee bit of help away from it. Twisting and turning, is that the dancing? All <laughs> 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 <Hold> everyone. <laughs> Listen, I suffered criticism on a number of occasions and, and it's no night. Nobody mm, likes it. Absolutely. Nobody likes it. But I, I, I try to use it in a positive way of whether it was right after the game or it was the next day where you, everybody read the papers and you were, you were getting absolute dog's abuse. I just made me train even harder. And I thought to myself, do you know what? See, when's our next game? Right, Wednesday or the following Saturday. I'm going to prove him wrong. So did, so did you thrive on it then? Yeah, I, I, I try to use it in a positive way. And that's what I say to quite a lot of people when they are suffering it, whether it's a, a player, a current player or, or a younger player, and they ask me my opinion on it. And that's what, nobody likes it. They would be a liar if somebody absolutely. says, oh, I love getting criticised. I hated it. It wasn't nice. Because your family suffers as well. Because mm-hmm. um, they hear it and they, they read it and they see it. Is that, di- is that difficult to cope with? When when the people, the close family yeah, and friends around yeah, you suffer? Yeah, that's the But then, uh, as I said, Robert, I kind of used it in a positive way and thought to myself, right, do you know what? I'm going to go in and work even harder. And uh, I used to always look right away. When's the next fixture? Right, do you know what? I'm going to prove him, him wrong. I'm going to show him how good I'm a, or show them how good you can be. And that's all, that's all you can, that, that's the way that I used to look at things. And as I said, the thing that hurt me most was the people running about me. Mm-hmm. As I said, I, I could handle it, but it was the people. People don't think about that, do they? When they're when they're throwing stick at people and abuse mm-hmm. at people. It's and it's ne- harder it's now. Never... Granted made a good point with social media and yeah. whatever now. It's in your face. Yeah, it is in your face. Because um, it was a, a newspaper, or you heard it for the, the crowd. Mm. That's where we would um, see it or hear it. Um, from now it's your... Twitter, well, it's called X now, or yeah. Instagram. Well, you knew your family were different. So if you went in and you, you hadn't played particularly well, and you knew in yourself, you knew there was a quietness, they were all sort of tiptoeing round about mm. you, really more than anything else. And you know, you're saying, I don't want to mention the game to them, I don't want to mention the game to me. You know, you're just trying to go on with it and wake up in the morning and go on with it again. You, Barry says you've got to go back and put the jacket back on again and go again. That's what you do. That's the only, way, the only thing you can do. Mm. There is other, everybody can tell you, Robin, that's why. I mean, people talk about psychologists and all that sort of thing. There's only one can... You can tell me how good I am and how brilliant I am and remember all my best games and all that sort of stuff. 
If I don't believe it in myself, it doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Barry touched on a good point there. As long as I knew I'd prepared correctly, I'd turned up at the right time, I'd done my training as hard as I possibly could every time I pulled the jersey on, I gave my all. I could go out of bed at night and put my head in the pillow and say, well, I've gave everything, it maybe wasn't good enough, but there was nothing I'd done that I could say, I wish I'd have went to bed or I wish I wouldn't have went out that night. There was never once in my career I would ever say that. I could never have questioned myself on that because I know I prepared for every single game in my very last game correctly. That was 100% that I'd done and that's the only thing I could do was make sure I prepared for it correctly to give myself no excuse or I couldn't be fighting with myself and saying, I wish I wouldn't have done this. Or I wish. And I've never once in my life been able to say that to myself. Rob, I'm being serious here. After a defeat, or after you know when you've no, you know when yeah, you've no played yeah, well. Exactly. Travelling home after a game in the car, I would listen to the radio. Right. And I would listen to people give me, give me stick. Um, and it, it's, it's hard. And then I'm, Granny I'm, made a I've good got point. A, I've got a picture of you screaming at the radio in the car. <laughs> and <laughs> I've, Granny made a good point. When I... If we get beat, I walked into the house and nobody was about. The kids would be in their room <laughs> and the missus would be in another <laughs> room. Daddy's home, get to your room. They just let me be in and I thought that, see that 24 hours, just yourself, just let yourself calm down and, and just digest the, the game. And then the next day I'd be away with the, the kids or whatever because that took your mind yeah. off it. But I would like to sit and I would think about it, right, what do I need to do better? How do I, if I prepared right what Granny was saying, can I do something better next week in training? That's That was my Did you find it different, different, different down in England? Because 100%. I, no, why, Rob? Because of the travel. You've got so much, you're six hours on the bus back for mm-hmm. away games. Mm-hmm. So you'd be sitting there and you'd be through the game in your mind, right, try and get out of this mood and whatever. I wouldn't speak to Yeah, absolutely. When you, absolutely, when you speak to anybody. But by the time you get home, you're hoping. You've calmed down a wee bit. So here you're home too quickly. Yeah, I, exactly. But also, everybody's talking about the same game. Nobody's yeah. in. Listen, there's other games going on. But yeah. it always comes back to Celtic Rangers. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes back to that. And that, no matter where you go, you couldn't go to a shop anywhere and say, well, I'll go and sneak in here and go in here for whatever, mm-hmm. get a bag of crisps or something, enjoy the night at a bottle of iron brew or whatever the hell. You know, you couldn't do that because you knew there'd be somebody in there ready to say something. But down in England, you were six hours away from where you were living. That was the worst thing, travelling the bus with your team. I, I wouldn't speak to him after a bad game yeah. or a, a defeat. And certainly down in England, and you're travelling three or four hours in the bus. The longest is Ross County and Aberdeen mm. and Inverness Cali at that time. But down in England, you could be travelling for five or six yeah. hours. And I, I couldn't get my head around that guys were talking or, or playing cards yeah. or try to have a conversation. Don't speak to me. I've just lost a game of football here. Yeah. James Tavernier must be made of strong stuff. He is. For, and for, you know for, what? For, for when you look at those amazing numbers, mm-hmm. and he's still getting stick. Yep, and I think he's a scapegoat, and I've said that many a times. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I, I give him all the credit in the world because obviously it's tough because he's not won a lot of trophies since he's come up in his nine-year period. But you look at his numbers, Rob. He couldn't have done more as an individual, yep, could he? I looked. At, I was watching that game last Saturday. He misses that penalty. Fans are not happy, and rightly so at halftime because Rangers mm. were poor, 1 0 down. They come out, they're a lot better. He makes a change with Danilo coming on for Dessers. Certainly made a difference. Gave the team a lift. Tavernier was roaming up that, that right side. Um, penalty, 89 minutes. Who steps up? That takes a big character. Mm. Slots it away and then puts a brilliant cross in for Danilo. Um, so. He's never he's th- never reacted, has he? He's never he's never he always reacted puts back himself to out the there, fans. Rob. That's what I, that's what he gains my respect. He puts himself out there. He never misses a game. No, no. 
whether it's a poor display from him and the team or a, a poor defeat or whatever he's always out there and um, yeah but you, you've got to give the man credit he, he's um, he's certainly shown me that he's he's got the character to, to be at Rangers I think the character is commendable I think the biggest problem that James had was I felt in big games and I've spoke about it on here before like a Celtic or the, the ball would come in at the back post and somebody would get across yeah. and score yep. so it was always in big moments mm -hmm. so that's when the criticism came and it just snowballs in because mm -hmm. we talk about it again that's where you're judged you know yeah. uh, you'll not be judged against Hearts you'll not be judged against everybody else you'll be judged on if you're first in the league or second you've got to be first nothing else and if you're getting beat and if somebody scores off your man everybody notices it against even, even if you've got 100 plus goals 100% yep. because he's, let's be honest it's great that full backs and we've spoken Barry and that spoke about it before they want to bomb on but they're first and foremost you've got to remember they're a defender for a reason so when the ball comes in at your back post you've got to be inside them you're, you're wide player and too many occasions there was big goal scored both with Barisic at his side and James on his side and I think that's where the criticism came from because in the big games that's where you'll always be judged anyway see overall he's been a real good Rangers signing and, and, and in terms of captain he's not a ranter and raver no. he's, he's different to other captains um, but I, I tell you what he, he does he's, he's talking with his, with his feet he's come up with some big moments over, over the years we um, are we are out of time maybe right. we could talk all night but we're not going to <laughs> oh, very um, nice. very good. Barry, Peter thanks a lot I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Go Radio Football Show tonight big matches at the weekend Celtic and Dingwall tomorrow looking to get eight points clear Rangers looking to get to a cup final on Sunday have a great weekend The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy for great customer service and a free home survey call 0800 233 Let's go Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.